Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. You know that feeling when you walk into your home, take a deep breath, and feel new? Well, that's what it's like to use Clorox Sentiva. Because Clorox Sentiva smells like coconut, cleans like Clorox, and feels like energy. It'll elevate any cleaning routine to not just clean, but also make every room smell like a tropical coconut getaway. Discover how Clorox Sentiva's powerful clean and refreshing scents can transform your space. Get yours in Coconut or other fabulous scents at a nearby retail store. What's up, Open Floor Globe? I'm your host, Michael the Podpina, and I'm joined on the other line by my good friend, Sports Illustrated staff writer, Rohan Notgerny. Rohan, how was your weekend, my friend? Mike, can I start this podcast off that's going to obviously end up going into some pretty serious places? With sure. such with such a non sequitur that I, I truly think it has the, the chance to derail everything we're going to talk about today. Beautiful. That's just, that's what we want to hear. Do you ever, okay, you know how in Friends, uh, Phoebe is a twin sister and they're both played by Lisa Kudrow? I, I don't watch Friends, um, never really have. Okay. I do know that okay. Lisa Kudrow is on the show, did not know okay. that she had a twin. She had a twin sister, she plays herself. Okay. okay. You know, okay, but you don't need to know this example specifically, but you know how like in the 90s they'd always have people playing the twin version of themselves and then they'd meet on screen? Uh-huh. Yes. I still don't know how that technology works, if I'm being honest. <laughs> I never understood it. I don't know that I ever will. And yeah, I just uh I needed a place to say it because I don't understand <laughs> it. I really don't. You're telling me I'm- they could do that in like 94? How? I am so honored that you dropped this. Um, just your curious mind. You save it for the <laughs> yeah. pod. I just, it's, it's a true honor. It's wonderful. Thank you yeah. so much. Um, something else I'll just throw in about the pod that I noticed listening okay. to your most recent episode with Jeremy Wu yes. is, uh, you know, you're pretty loose with the phrase, my good friend. That's all I'm going to say. Um, it gets thrown <laughs> around a lot on this podcast, and I'll just leave it at that. Are you jealous? I, I like I said, it just gets thrown around a lot, and I'll leave <laughs> it at that. <laughs> okay, so um, we have a lot to cover on today's show. Uh, before we get into anything, um, I would actually like to uh, plug a, a story that I spent most of the off season working on. Um, it's a profile about Carl Anthony Towns, a star who's been in the news the past couple years. For tragic reasons, um, his mother died from uh, COVID-19 in April of 2020, along with six other family members. Uh, he himself contracted the disease in January of this year and had to go to the hospital because of it. He lost 50 pounds and had a panic attack when he first went on the road with the Timberwolves. I was fortunate that uh, Carl opened up to me about everything that he endured last season, how he feels things are going in Minnesota now and his future with the team. And, you know, I told you this off the air, Rohan, but it was one of the 
better interviews I've done in my um, entire career, and I'm excited about the story. So everyone, please check that out today on um, SI.com. Uh, it's uh, a great story, Mike, and I just read it before we started this podcast. Um, I thought it was incredible how much Carl Towns opened up. Uh, I also love that in true Michael Pina fashion, even in this story, that is like a really, I think, important story about grief. You just there's also some pick and roll talk in there. There's also some scheme talk in there. I love it. I love it. Um, it was yeah. really, really well done, Mike. <laughs> it was really well done, Mike. Um, and uh, just some of the most, I think. I think anytime you want to do a story, what you want more than anything is honesty. And this is, I think, maybe the most honest I've ever seen anyone in a story like this. And that was really, really cool and really well done. Well, thank you so much, Rohan. That means a lot. And I mean, in situations like this, I just give all the credit to the person, the subject, Carl, for being so honest and speaking so with such grace about obviously a very difficult um, difficult subject. And while I'm here, thank you so much to my editor, Matt Wong, who allowed me to somehow blend pick and roll coverages <laughs> with such like serious and solemn uh, subject matter where it wasn't uh, awkward and um, unbecoming. So thank you to him, wonderful editor. And I'm glad that the story's uh, off of, of, of my chest, frankly, because I was uh, a little nervous about doing it and getting it out there. Um, okay, so uh, before we open up the mailbag uh, on today's show, I want to remind all of our listeners to please keep sending your fantastic emails in to openfloormail at gmail.com. That's openfloormail at gmail.com. Uh, also, we're on YouTube now, which we just had a meeting, you, uh, Rohan, you and I and our producers. Um which I knew that we were on YouTube, but we've never kind of publicized it, so we were requested to do so. So, so please search Open Floor Podcast. You make it sound on- like we're not. You're not excited that we're on YouTube. No, I, I'm, guys, I'm, I'm, we're on YouTube, baby. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> now people can see the look on your face every time I throw you a question you weren't expecting. Uh, yeah, they can see me take sips of my coffee in between uh, your yep. questions. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, we're on YouTube, baby. You can see what hats we're wearing every episode. Are, is Mike wearing a hat today? I'm not. Um, I, I highly recommend. Why'd you spoil it, bro? Now they're not going to go on YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> I highly recommend everyone check out uh, the pod on YouTube. That's all mm-hmm. I'll say. Yes. No, that was a wonderful endorsement, Rohan. Yeah. I appreciate you. Um, so I want to kick off today's show with a news item that is uh, tangentially related to Carl Towns. And a few emailers requested that we discuss this on today's show. Um, I particularly want to shout out uh, Zach, who uh, wrote a very eloquent email to us this morning. But anyway, I I think it was going to lead the show anyway. But over the weekend, Rolling Stone published a story with the headline, uh, the NBA's anti-vaxxers are trying to push around the league, and it's working. Uh, the story centers around Kyrie Irving's alleged anti-vaccination campaign as a member of the union's executive committee, with on-the-record quotes from a couple other players. Uh, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar is in there, um, and Kyrie Irving's aunt, who literally calls Dr. Fauci Dr. Falsy in the story. Um, 90% of NBA players are vaccinated, but players are not mandated to get the vaccine. And essentially, the reason why is what this story is about. So this topic is not going anywhere anytime soon. Uh, today, we're recording this on Monday afternoon. Uh, there, are, It's media day in the NBA for many teams, and a lot of players, coaches, GMs are being asked about vaccination status. Uh, Kyrie Irving spoke today to the media. He was not allowed to be at Barclays Center where the Brooklyn Nets were holding their media day because, um, as uh, Yaron Weitzman of Fox Sports reported, uh, Kyrie Irving is not vaccinated. So he is not allowed to attend events like that right now because of New York's um, because of a local uh, law in New York City. So uh, I feel like we should just kind of talk about this, talk about the article, talk about its it, how it's kind of hovering over the season as we kick things off, unfortunately. So I'll just, I'll just throw it out to you to kind of begin, Rohan. Just what were your takeaways after reading uh, that story in Rolling Stone? 
the story was interesting. I do wonder if, and this is, there's like you said, there's many conversations here. Mm-hmm. Uh, that headline, I, it does kind of ignore the fact that the majority of NBA players are vaccinated, that they do have, I believe, a higher vaccination rate uh, than the general public. Obviously, there are holdouts, and some of those holdouts are high profile, so it's obviously a story. I just do think that uh, there is some good news here and that it is a vast majority of players are vaccinated. And it. The, I think the league is doing everything it can short of a mandate to incentivize players to be vaccinated. And there's only so much they can do when the union won't mandate it, which I understand from a union perspective why that's maybe a slippery slope for them or you know, they have to represent all members, et cetera. As far as Kyrie Irving goes, you know, doing his media day session remotely, he was on Instagram mm-hmm. live for part of it. And he said, he didn't want to be a distraction. He said, things were going to be cleared up soon. I, he wouldn't answer directly about his vaccination status and asked to respect his privacy. It was a whole lot of, you know, we didn't really get answers from Kyrie other than it's pretty clear it's pretty safe to assume he's not vaccinated. Uh, And it's just depressing. It's just depressing on, on a million levels on the micro level. We want to see the nets play basketball. Obviously that's not the priority here, but as a basketball fan, I want to see Kevin Durant, James Harden, Kyrie Irving play together at nets home games, which right now isn't a possibility. And then on a bigger level, I'm sure so many people are tired of hearing this, but I just don't know what we as a society are supposed to do about the anti-vaxxers, about the Kyries, however, you know, they want to identify this stance. I don't think shaming people works. I don't think the outrage works. I don't know if apparently bringing in scientific experts doesn't work. I, I don't know if the best way to do it is to, within the context of a team sport, that really does seem maybe the the most powerful way to get it done. Like, Hey, you're going to be letting down your teammates, et cetera. Maybe maybe that sort of eventually pushes them over the edge, but it's just sad, Mike, because we're all dealing with this reality and I don't want to make this like a depressing, wow, this pandemic is really never going to end podcast. But I mean, we, Unfortunately, well, by, by, by definition, the subject matter that we are, we're talking about here is like uh, whether or not people are willing to get vaccinated. Yeah. So and if people I, 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 are not and I willing. People, yeah. Then guess I, mean, what? I, know, I know people. Yeah. I know people like this in my everyday life, in my normal life, in my non-basketball life. And it's infuriating. It's infuriating and it's just sad and you feel helpless. And it's like and then, you know. On top of all that, you have someone like Kyrie who, you know, we've had conversations in the past where I think a lot of people just kind of roll their eyes at him. And I I certainly am not like looking to Kyrie for my philosophies on life, but I've always thought he was interesting is not even the right word. But on some level, I kind of respected his commitment to just being chaotic Um in a way that I'm like, yeah, you know, whatever. He doesn't fit into a box, and like those people are, are kind of interesting to me. But this is this is so far beyond, you know, him posting a weird photo on Instagram or a cryptic tweet or whatever. This is like it's publicly dangerous, and you know, people like him are at the end of the day the reason why we continue to live uh, under these strange circumstances that. We don't know if life's ever going to get back to normal. And it's just sad when you have someone who is as public facing as him just just whiffing on this entire. Whiffing on this is a good is a good way to describe it. I mean, it doesn't have to be this way is the thing that I think, you know, doctors, virologists, um, um, just med- medical professionals have said for the past however many months, it doesn't have to be this way. Um, we don't have to have, um, particularly just speaking about the NBA for a second, we don't have to have um, 
such a like this doesn't have to be a bargaining issue like there is a there is a world where nba players are thrilled to get vaccinated 100 percent of them and the nba is thrilled to promote nba players um through psas through um other uh, means to kind of get the word out that getting vaccinated is the best decision that you can possibly make as a human being in 2021. So when I read the article, it was, you know, I felt depressed. I felt um, exhausted, frankly, that we're still here. Yeah. Um, private companies all over this country are enforcing vaccine mandates um, with termination as the result if you do not get it. Uh, so the fact that you know, as one of the few nations on earth that has excess vaccines, um, we're still kind of toiling around and twiddling our thumbs here and not eradicating it. Um, it's just such a bummer. And the fact that it may ultimately take state and city ordinances and, and laws to force NBA players to get the vaccine, as opposed to them wanting to do their part to help society sucks it just does like i don't i don't really know what else there is to kind of say about it. it's very simple like i was disheartened throughout um all of last season when since the vaccine became available when uh you know greg popovich and julia serving and bill russell and kareem abdul jabbar like these are the faces of the nba's psa to get the vaccine because players aren't really jumping out full force and when players are asked about it they hide behind this personal choice rhetoric that just like doesn't it has never made sense to me at all if you are a person who understands what is happening and the fact that this is a communal disease that is killing people 2,000 people a day in this country so uh just like embarrassing on all fronts honestly and I know that 90% we should say 90% of NBA players are vaccinated when I look at it from do you want to talk, can we talk about the union's perspective here? Because one of the questions that I have for you is just kind of who to blame in all of this for just from we're just talking about the NBA and NBA players. And like, who do you think is to if we have to kind of um, affront blame on someone like who who is to blame for the situation that the league is in right now? I mean, like, probably if we really want to if we really want to talk about it and we're probably not equipped to, but like Facebook, <laughs> Instagram. Well, sure. <laughs> <laughs> right. I mean, whoever is like uh, pushing the misinformation. I don't, I don't know, Mike. I don't know that I'm looking at the situation where it's like there is like one entity to blame here. Again, we're, we're really getting into stuff that's not basketball. That's OK. I, I'm a big believer in how kind of our environmental factors and social factors are, are pushing us to make decisions way more than we'd ever realize. Having said all of that, at some point, the individuals who are not vaccinated have to show accountability. And you mentioned, like, this could be over. This could be over in a month. Uh, and ultimately, to me, it's on the, the Kyrie Irvings of the world, whoever else is unvaccinated. We're, we're turning him to the poster child, but he's not the only one. He just is the most eccentric, I guess. But, I mean, Jonathan Isaac on the magic. Um can I can I quickly read a quote that Jonathan Isaac had oh, in that story? Yes. I don't know when the interview was exactly, but regardless, the story came out over the weekend. And Jonathan Isaac is quoted in there saying, if you are vaccinated in other places, you still have to wear the mask regardless. It's like, okay, then what is the mask necessarily for? And if Kyrie says that from his position of his executive power at the MBPA, then kudos to him. So I get what you're saying about misinformation. It's just like, we're here. Like, this is it's September 27th as we record this, 2021. Like, if we're still arguing about masks, like, what are we, what are we doing? Like, we, the vaccine has been available for how long? And who is dying from the vaccine? Who is suffering from the vaccine? Who is, who is actually dying from the 2,000 people a day um, in this country? They're all unvaccinated. So, like... This fight against science for like a righteous, I, I honestly, I don't even, I'm not even trying to like get in the heads yeah. of people who are like this. It's not right. even worth my time or my energy, but like, it's just so ridiculous to me. And the fact that they are holding others hostage because of their own ignorance is beyond frustration for me. 
It is. And, I, and, I, and I'll just say, you know, to kind of bring it back to basketball a bit, because I'm sure you and I could really just go on for hours complaining about this. Is is <laughs> It is just, you know, when players are like, respect my privacy and all this stuff. Listen, I'm all for us constantly reimagining our relationship with athletes, what we are owed from them, uh, what parts of, you know, the media model make sense, et cetera. I think those things are in constant need of examination, re-examination, evaluation, et cetera. But, but why are you hiding now? Like, why are you hiding now when, when these are, you know, uh, clearly you've come to this decision now. We've had this information for months. So explain your decision. Why, why are you hiding behind it if you think what you're doing is not wrong? You know what I mean? If, if you want to take this righteous stance – why, why are you ha- – and when you say it's a personal decision, it's not. I, I mean, it, it's categorically not because this is a, a public health crisis. Uh, the, the less people who get vaccinated, the more variants we get, uh, the more dangerous those variants get, the more mm-hmm. transmissions happen for people who are immunocompromised or can't get the vaccine for legitimate reasons. So it's not a personal decision, first of all. But And I'm also just – I'm tired of the people hiding behind privacy when – it's like, you know, at least own up to it, at least try to explain your reasoning. And I think they know the reasonings just don't hold up in public. They just want to be willfully dumb about it. And it's 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 deeply the word you used is exhausting. And that's the, the best one is it's deeply, deeply exhausting. Deeply exhausting. It truly is. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing! I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts, if you dare. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists, like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and two-door cinema club. The wait is over. The shy is back on Paramount Plus, and the stakes have never been higher. Everything changes on the South Side when a new threat comes to power in the Showtime original series from Emmy winner Lena Waithe. Battle lines will be drawn, alliances will shift, and danger lies around every corner, leaving everyone to wonder who they can trust. Visit ParamountPlus.com slash the shot to get a 50% discount off the Paramount Plus with Showtime annual plan. Offer ends July 14th. Subscription auto renews. Restrictions apply. Okay, we're going to quickly, like, wrap this up here because I get, like, we could talk about this forever. I have a million thoughts. And, you know, especially, like, I would think this way regardless. But after... um uh, you know, spending so much time thinking about Carl Towns and the situation that he was in and reporting that story. And uh, it's just this darkness that he was in because of this disease. And for him to see, you know, a former teammate like Andrew Wiggins, just like, I'm not getting the vaccination and I'm fine not playing home game. Like, to take it that far for literally no reason. Like, what I just, what is the re- what is the rationale there? So I think about it from the perspective of someone like Carl Towns and just how frustrated I would be that people are will, ha, needing to do quote unquote their own research when it's like, if you tore your ACL, do you need to do your own research to do your own surgery? Or are you going to trust a doctor to do your surgery? It's like you, when you, you went to they're not, they're not going to James Andrews and being like, you know what? I'm going to do my own <laughs> research, doc. 
<laughs> it's like, what what vaccinations did you have to take to play college basketball at the University yeah. of Kansas, Andrew Wiggins? You had to take a lot. There were a lot of vaccinations that you had to, you know, tetanus, uh, polio. There's just a lot. It's just, okay, we could... Yeah. Um, okay. So, can we talk about, I guess, can we real quick talk about Carl Towns? By the way, losing fifty pounds in like two weeks or whatever the hell it was, like something insane. Just uh-huh. some. There's a lot of great stuff in your story, and I saw people tweeting about the the quote about Carl Towns talking about grief and kind of being like an open ended sentence. And I really hope people read it because there's so much great stuff in there. But one thing you mentioned in your tweet, so I feel comfortable talking about losing fifty pounds. That is nuts. What do you did you know what he was eating? You mentioned he had a high calorie diet. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> like, what do so, you eat to gain back the weight you've lost? I well, first, yeah, okay. Um, I don't know exactly okay, what he was okay. consuming to put the weight back on, but uh-huh. I do know he went from. He told me he was at two seventy one when the season began because he likes to have as much weight as possible mm-hmm. going into seasons. And he was 220 when he reweighed himself when he was first allowed to go back into the facility after testing positive for COVID. Um, he had a lot of great quotes talking about that. Like he had Baywatch abs and all, all this stuff <laughs> that just didn't make the final cut, unfortunately. Yeah. But uh, Damn, I got to get on it. Damn. I, can you please, uh, can you, do you mind just calling him right now and be like, hey, man, what'd you eat? <laughs> <laughs> So that was that was definitely a tidbit um, that made my um, eyebrows raise when he said yeah. it for sure. Um, but but yeah. So okay. So going back real quick to we're just going to wrap this this topic up. Um, how do you think this will impact the NBA season? Like these. Uh, obviously, there's these ordinances that I've mentioned. There's one in San Francisco that will prevent Andrew Wiggins from playing home games. There's one in 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 New York City, Brooklyn. That will prevent Kyrie Irving from playing home games. Um, his aunt in that story in the in Rolling Stone basically was like, they, they should work something out where he doesn't have. Like, I don't even know what she was trying to say. To be honest with you, it's just absolutely ridiculous nonsense. But um, like, could this hover over the season? Do you think all the players are going to get vaccinated before the season begins? Are we really going to do this for another year? I think that especially players that are high profile like Kyrie and Wiggins, I think they will get vaccinated because I think the pressure from their teammates is too much. I'm banking on kind of the dynamics of a locker room and and what it means to be a part of a team. You know, one thing that I think gets lost sometimes when people talk about people love to say athletes are so selfish now, et cetera. Mm -hmm. And they're, you know, for example, when Goran Dragic came back to play in game six of the NBA finals in 2020, when he clearly couldn't go, was part of that because he wanted to win a championship? Yes, obviously. Another part of that is he cares a lot about his teammates, right? Like he he mm-hmm. he wants to be out there to help his team. And I think that there are some players who who still take that seriously. A lot of people who still take that seriously and I, I like to think that that pressure is going to convince a lot of guys. You also have to imagine the financial pressure of missing those home game checks will add up at some point. I will say that I think the worst possible outcome are the cities or the league backing down. Would you, you just can't have that happen. And I, that's that's my biggest fear, honestly, is that the cities and the teams back down or cave in because these people are influential, et cetera. That just can't happen. But I, I'm, I'm banking on this idea that there's something about the team dynamic that'll convince these guys. Yeah, I agree. I don't, and I don't think that they will back down um, for a variety of reasons. And yeah, I mean, I obviously I just hope at the end that everyone who is not vaccinated gets vaccinated, period. Very simple. The end. Um, okay, let's move on. Rohan, um, we have an email here from uh, Lucas, who writes, uh, basketball brings me an immense amount of joy. Same. League pass, <laughs> league pass is me too. League pass and is money, permanently. And money, we're rich. Dude. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, seriously. <laughs> league pass is permanently on at the house. I listen to almost 20 
basketball-related podcasts year-round. Your pod is one of my favorites. Okay, I th- thank you. I, f- I feel like I have a solid read on the NBA zeitgeist due to my immersion. This has brought me to one important realization. Basketball journalists spend too much time downplaying the regular season. I know it is different than the playoffs. I know some games can be chalked up to a lack of effort, back-to-backs, blah, blah, blah. I do not care. Every time I hear someone going out of their way to say game X doesn't matter because it's not the playoffs, I get tilted. I have not heard the phrase tilted in a minute, so shout out to Lucas for that one. Um, The games are the product. It is a TV show. If they truly didn't matter, we would just start with the playoffs. You can contextualize a game without saying it doesn't matter. So, great email. Thank you, Lucas. Shout I think out to this, Lucas. I think this hits at the heart of something. You know, it, it, it's a timely time to, to read this email because mm-hmm. we're about to start the regular season. And I do think that... Well, let me throw it to you first. What are your thoughts here, Rohan? Because I've got Okay. Okay. Well, here's my main thought, Lucas, which is, you know who else downplays the regular season? NBA players, Okay. <laughs> There's yes. a reason why <laughs> you don't you don't hear about load management in the postseason. Uh, you don't hear about anyone fighting through anything in the postseason or not fighting through anything in the postseason. There's a reason why you hear in, uh, during the regular season. I I promise you, at some point, a star player is going to get hurt this year, and the team will say, "Well, if it was the playoffs, he would have played." But so let me tell you, teams and players don't value regular season. I I. I don't have Twitter open right now, but I know for a fact Joe Ingles said today, he was like, the regular season matters a little bit less. Like, we still have a lot to prove. And that's from the number one seed in the West. Yeah. And that's why last year I, I went on several SI.com, Sports Illustrated platforms, and said I think the Jazz are a second-round exit um, because you, that it's a different style of basketball. It's different stakes, et cetera. And listen, Lucas, I'm with you. I love the regular season. I love the matchups that we get that we're not we know we're not guaranteed to see in the playoffs. Like I'm so excited for that Nets Lakers Christmas Day game, and I'll be really sad if a bunch of guys are missing for it. I'm I'm with you in spirit. Like I would love nothing more for the regular season than for the regular season to matter. We need to bring back the importance to these games. Mike, as you've probably seen on my Twitter feed lately, I've been watching a lot of NFL. Uh, yeah, oh, I, I, I've been meaning to bring this up with you. What's going on? I don't know, dude. It, here's the thing about the NFL. Third down. Whoever came up with the concept of third down knocked that one out of the park. <laughs> okay? You, here's here's genuinely what I like about the NFL, though, and I, I think they are problems that the NBA struggles with. Number one their games just feel like they matter more, right? Like there's no outright tanking. Even the teams that are bad are like, I don't know. The games just feel different. Um, another thing that the, a weird advantage the NFL has um, uh-huh. that it touches on something Kyle Kuzma actually tweeted. The, the analysts in the NFL have this advantage where the play stops every 10 seconds, right? And they have like 30 seconds to explain what happened. NFL broadcasts, like even the worst broadcasts are really good at explaining to you like why what's happening is going on. Uh, they can get into strategies, coverages, et cetera, that I think some basketball bod- broadcasts are good at. Like I think Jeff Van Gundy does a, actually a really good job at pointing out this sub, uh, this pick and roll coverage, this play that they're running, et cetera. But it's much mm-hmm. harder to do that in a basketball game than a football game. But anyway, I just, I find the NFL like fascinating more so than like outright loving it. But Anyway, just going back to the NBA, NBA, they just have those little problems in the regular season that I think makes it a little bit less sticky because, like, you even talk about, like, the strategy thing I just talked about. Like, you know, NBA teams save stuff for the playoffs in a way that you, you can't do in other sports and, you know, save their best lineups, et cetera. Like, it just is – it's a top-down problem, and I understand that journalists complain about it, probably because we're watching most of these regular season games, but it's a top-down problem that the league is obviously trying to fix. Yeah, you hit all of the key points here. I think the big one for me, as someone who watches a ton of League Pass as well, there's just too many games. It's like 
that's uh, the key sticking point when you're trying to compare it to the NFL. The NFL has, what, 16 games? Did they go up to 17 mm-hmm. yet? I don't know. I haven't really followed yeah. the league closely in the past few years. But there's only 16 regular season games. So There is 17 now. There are 17 now. Oh, there are 17. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Well, that's still a lot yeah. less than 82. <laughs> yeah. Um, and because of the length of the season and what we know that it does to human beings' bodies – Players and coaches and teams and medical staffs, frankly, do not prioritize regular season contests. Like, they just don't. Like, the stars don't play a ton of minutes. They sit out games entirely. Um, There are not... I think one of the big things that I love about the playoffs is just, like, you get game-to-game adjustments. You don't get game-to-game adjustments, really, in the regular season. You're just playing your blanket stuff. You also get, like defensive effort (laughs) Um, right there's intensity there's much more effort um the players who really matter are gonna play in crunch time that's not necessarily like always the case in the regular season so like it's just way more fascinating and it stinks frankly like i I I wish it was more stakes we've talked about this at the podcast before but the regular season and the last four minutes of a playoff game are like two different sports. Yeah, you're, you're not watching the same thing. You're not watching the same thing. And that is a, a top-down problem. Listen, a million people have tried to figure this out. I honestly think the only way is to reduce the number of games in the regular season. That's it. Give them more rest and reduce the number of games. Make them more important. And find another way to give, you know, higher playoff season advantage, et cetera. You know, maybe not, not another playing tournament, but something I think they should be playing. They should probably only be playing every other team twice. And that's it. Maybe you create some kind of wild card type. You know, they add six games to every team's schedule just so they can play rivals or you can come up with fun matchups. But, yeah, I think that's what that's what the only I, way forward I, is. And, like, this isn't us making up any of this. Like, right. the NBA instituted a play-in tournament last year. It's like, why would they do that? Because they want interest in the regular season. That's exactly. what it is. And there's there may be a mid-season tournament at some point, and that's being yeah. discussed for this very reason. It's not yeah. like we're, we're not, like, being curmudgeonly about yeah. the regular season as journalists. This is an yeah. actual issue that the league needs to solve yeah and to go back to lucas's email like we agree with you we want the regular season to matter but it's it starts with the fact that it's obvious teams themselves do not take it as seriously and it's a problem the league is actively actively trying to figure out this is it we've got an amex platinum pro on our hands ladies and gentlemen we haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the centurion lounge Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. The wait is over. The shy is back on Paramount Plus, and the stakes have never been higher. Everything changes on the South Side when a new threat comes to power in the Showtime original series from Emmy winner Lena Waithe. Battle lines will be drawn, alliances will shift, and danger lies around every corner, leaving everyone to wonder who they can trust. 
Visit ParamountPlus.com slash TheShot to get a 50% discount off the Paramount Plus with Showtime annual plan. Offer ends July 14th. Subscription auto-renews. Restrictions apply. Absolutely. Okay, so let's move on to this email here from Elliot. And I I love this email. It's fascinating. Um, Elliot writes... Shout out to here. <laughs> Elliot writes, hearing y'all talk about Zion really got me thinking. Even though Zion's numbers are historic, constructing a winning team around his super-specific skill set seems really hard. Apart from a ridiculous super team, can y'all construct a starting five that could be the foundation for a title contender? You get Zion, another perennial all-star, a fringe all-star, meaning less than two all-star appearances or clearly will not make another all-star team, and two other starters. The point is to construct a non-super team around Zion that could contend. So the other two all-stars, by the way, cannot be KD and Steph. Can you do it? This is a fascinating thought exercise. I love stuff like this. Um, I am the obviously the biggest Zion supporter um i believe at least of the four of us who uh constructed the uh the, the top 100 i had him a lot higher than you guys did we we hashed it out multiple times about where he should be on our ranking um and yeah i have a team here of very specific players that i have that i've i've, I've listed a starting five at least and I frankly, you know, I'm going to go through with this exercise because I think it's fun, but I don't think it's that, like, I don't think he's, I don't think he's Ben Simmons. You know what I mean? Like, I don't think you need something super specific uh, around him. I really I think, don't. I think there's one position in particular where you need something pretty specific. Yes, I know. You're going to say you need a center who can shoot and protect the rim. Is that what you're going to say? Yeah. Okay. I, let me let me hear your team first. Let me hear your team first. You always want to go first. Okay. Let's hear your team first. Okay, so my team, there's Zion, obviously. My all-star, perennial all-star, is going to be Bradley Beal. And then after him, and you'll like this, Rohan, I have Clint Capella. So that's the big man protecting the rim. He's, he's mobile. He'll rebound, blah, blah, blah. And then the last two, the, the other starters I have, are uh, Fred Van Vliet. And Robert Covington. And so with this team, uh, I think the one weakness, I think you could say, is it doesn't have a like a lockdown perimeter on ball wing defender. So, you know, if you wanted to trade Beal for someone like Paul George or someone like that, that could that could do it. I tried to not have like a definite like top. 12 player on here because i thought that would be kind of cheating so beal is like the best um even though he's made i only think one all nba team i just think is because he plays on ball off ball offensively scores buckets just tremendous player offensively and i think he makes sense around zion um so the starting thing about the team so so the starting five we have uh van vliet beal rocco zion and capella Yes. I think my fear there, like you mentioned, is perimeter defense. Now, you're, you're banking a lot on Capella because there's going to be a – Van Vliet is very good, but otherwise yes. everyone else is going to be giving up lots of drives to the rim. Everyone's going to be giving up lots of drives to the rim. Um, I just – the issue we keep coming back to is, okay, offensively, how is it going to work? Because what is Capella doing if he's not running pick and rolls? Hanging out in the dunker spot, catching lobs. I just think you're inviting doubles on Zion all the time in that scenario. And I, I just think they're running into – and obviously he already had a great historic offensive season. But, I mean, I think it's a pretty good roster. I, I, the issue I have is, uh, yeah, in a playoff series – you know, who does he guard? Let's say this team somehow makes it to the finals, right? Yeah. Who does he guard uh, against the Lakers when they're closing? 
Is this your way to bring up the Laker story that was published on the Athletic it's not, so I can it's say not, Wayne it's Ellington? Really, it's really not. <laughs> but even even if it is like Wayne Ellington, he's like he, is he chasing someone around screens? Who does he I, I, I who does he guard? Like, who does he guard uh if they play the Bucks? If they play the Bucks, um I my guess would be he's guarding Brooke Lopez is what I would I would think. And if they That's close with would, the honest at center, if they close with the honest at center, I want to see who the other four guys are. But uh, potentially Giannis, like I, it's tough, right? It is. I'm not gonna like sit here yeah. and pretend that he's he's an that's, incredible that's defensive I'm player. I, that's and I'm not saying that you're like irrational about him or anything. Only that it is, it's still right now hard to imagine him in a, you know just what defense works for him right um and uh yeah i I don't know i have a stat for you really quick okay roll on after the all-star break last season did you know that the new orleans pelicans with zion on the floor had the second best defense in the nba Thank God we're on YouTube, by the way. Thank God we're on YouTube so that the cameras could catch that one. That is interesting. I, I mean, <laughs> I did that. I could be honest. That holds very little weight with me. I, I just. And this just this just connects back to our last question, where obviously everything that happens in the regular season is super important and critical <laughs> and tells right, us so exactly. much. So I, I know that you know I'm I'm being a little facetious here with that stat, yeah. but I think that. I, I I do think he's not the like the worst defender in the NBA, and but to me it's less about his one on one defense. So I remember we had this conversation uh, uh-huh. when we were arguing about our top one hundred. We were like Devin Booker gets targeted, uh, you know, down the stretch, etc. Mm-hmm. I honestly would rather have a player who gets targeted and is going to hold up enough times versus a player like Zion who might not be getting going after one on one every time. But because of his defensive limitations, you are now forced to juggle your lineups in a very difficult way. You know what I mean? Like he is a structural issue as opposed to like a one-on-one issue, which I think is more complicated. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. The wait is over. The shy is back on Paramount Plus, and the stakes have never been higher. Everything changes on the South Side when a new threat comes to power in the Showtime original series from Emmy winner Lena Waithe. Battle lines will be drawn, alliances will shift, and danger lies around every corner, leaving everyone to wonder who they can trust. Visit ParamountPlus.com slash shot to get a 50% discount off the Paramount Plus with Showtime annual plan. Offer ends July 14th. Subscription auto-renews. Restrictions apply. Would you, so would you, I'm just wondering, would you rather have, um, and this is like a kind of a reductive question, but do you think it is easier to build around Ben Simmons then? Because 
we know that he can do it all on defense. He can guard all five positions. You don't really have to worry about him. Guarded Trey Young in the second round, guy who's like a foot shorter than he is, uh, number two in defensive player of the year. Do you think it is and and offensively very similar in the I, I you know I think that Zion's inability or unwillingness to shoot jump shots is completely different than Ben Simmons is is are right now for sure. Um, but you know, in terms of just like a, a a playmaker wrecking ball in transition, who can drive, who can kick, who can um, create shots for teammates, rumble towards the paint, etc. Like, do you think that you would rather have the task of building around Ben Simmons? If you'd asked me that before the Hawks series, I might have said yes, um, because you know at least Zion's willing to shoot inside a couple feet of the rim. Uh, and um i I, that's a good question and i i like where you're going with that obviously i think i would pick zion right now because he's younger and is i I do think ultimately like being elite offensively in the way he is is probably more valuable than being elite defensively in the way simmons is um but if i saw like any indication that Simmons would be willing to play like a Draymond role full time and actually shoot, you know, you might be able to convince me, but it's a good question. It's a good question. Do you have a team for us? Do you have any type of any, any players you want to shout out that you would throw next to Zion who you think makes sense there? Did you do your homework? There's another question. I did. I did. I did. So I actually decided to not necessarily build a good team. Oh, wonderful. But a fun one, in okay. my opinion. So I did cheat because you were like, I, but I don't think that, that me putting this guy after you pick Beal, I feel better about it. But in my mind, I was like, I want someone who's going to run 100 pick and rolls a night with Zion. So I'm picking Trey Young as my perennial all-star. Love it. Now, now here's where things get dicey because I have two options. You have to tell me if this first guy is a fringe all-star or not. And I think I know what you're going to say. Okay. Is Jalen Brown a fringe all-star or a perennial all-star? I I think he qualifies more as perennial for the purpose of this exercise. Okay. That's a nice way of you sneaking in your homerism. In which case, can I go with Mikhail Bridges (laughs) as my... uh... Absolutely. So I want Trey, and I'm bringing over his buddy DeAndre Hunter from the Hawks. So I got okay. Trey, DeAndre, Bridges, Zion, and then give me Kelly Olynyk, baby, at center. <laughs> I just, I just want to see it. I just want to see it. I'm not saying that it'd be a good team. I just want to see it, Mike. I just want to know how it goes. Leaning into offense like this, I respect. I'm not going to disparage you Thank at you. all. That team would be un- like literally un- unstoppable offensively. You're just not doing anything with them i mean I they're not they're that. not stopping anyone but i i mean another option honestly for center for me blake griffin nets blake griffin because he's out there at the three-point line is he not is he not <laughs> and like everyone was talking about that he defended Giannis better than they thought he would <laughs> oh man that's uh that's like what, what's that will smith movie where he's like looking at a younger version of himself on the poster. Do you know what I'm oh, talking about? Oh yeah, yeah, I do. Because it was not Looper. That movie was actually good. <laughs> yeah. um, but I don't even remember the name. I don't even remember the name. That movie looked rough, man. But that is what I'm thinking about with Blake Griffin. Um, <laughs> <laughs> our, research, our research, Shelby says it was Hitch. It was not Hitch, which is the best Hitch. Will Smith movie. And we could do a whole hour on how Will Smith should have done more rom coms, but. Uh, I just, yeah, I don't know what center is a good, uh, one to have next design. And I, I like the Capella choice, but I just do think it's going to get cramped again. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I just think Olenek would be hilarious on so many levels, but, uh, so, you know, it didn't really fit within the parameters because I really wanted Trey and Bridges, but even someone like Bam next to Zion, who can at least theoretically shoot from the mid-range if he's willing to do it, et cetera, I think changes things a little bit. But, yeah, man, it gets tricky, especially in a playoff series. I think it's going to get tricky. 
I'm lo- really looking for. I, I don't. I don't think they're going to make the playoffs this season, unfortunately. But you know, I'm really looking forward to seeing how defenses. You know, we were talking about regular season versus playoffs. What adjustments you make as an NBA head coach going up against Zion in a playoff series? That's like one of my favorite little things how- that I think about. Is it if I told you you could have Lonzo Ball, Josh Hart, Brandon Ingram, and Zion Williamson, shouldn't that be a playoff team? That should be a core that you're very excited about. Yeah, and no longer it no longer exists. Sadly, <laughs> I mean that's like that sh- that should have been a, that's like a, three people who can shoot, uh, like two who can handle really well, one who can be a perimeter scorer in Ingram, and then an elite 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 offensive talent how did that team not make the playoffs well are we too high on them like like you you guys talked about in that last spot or you know was the coaching that bad i i I, I think it says more about one injuries they had a lot of messed up injuries last season and they were not well timed number two look at everybody else on the roster like this exercise is to like we're trying to maximize Zion and what the New Orleans Pelicans did last year was try to like neutralize Zion and he somehow they, he had a historic had a, season anyway. At the anyway. same time, they had a lot of good pieces in place. So I do think maybe we're overselling a little bit just how bad of a situation he was in. I did you okay. I kind of disagree, but that's that's fine. We're we're excited about the New Orleans Pelicans yeah. this year. And um, that's going to be very fun. And watching Zion will bring me great joy uh, all season long. Um, okay, so we're going to wrap things up with this email here from Liam. The winner writes, of Love Island Season 7? Liam? Is Love Island Season 7 concluded? Is it, is it yeah, over? Yeah, sorry. I just, it doesn't really matter who wins. You'll know once you start watching the show. Is I was about to say, how can one person win? Isn't it a? Don't you like need to fall in love and? You I guess have you'll a, find a, out, Mike. A partner I guess you'll find in out. life. I guess you'll find out. Have you started watching Love Island yet? No, I haven't. Come I on, I told man. you, and we we, Bro, we can continue this off the air, but it's it's ninety day fiance. It's it's um married at first sight. These are the two bangers that me and my wife. I'll start watching. With. I'll watch Goodfellas and Casino once you start watching Love Island. The fact, okay, just I'm not making a deal like that with you cuz I'm doing you a favor here and <laughs> all of our listeners agree and and everyone was traumatized by that that reveal from you in the last show. Uh, okay, so Liam, I'm sorry. We'll, we're we're about to read your email. Um Liam writes in, "So You have now fully released your top 100 NBA players, and I'm very curious with the Ja Morant placement. Mm. I do think he is a good player, but putting him over guys like Chris Middleton and Jalen Brown, Ja Morant did have a good second year, but I don't think he has been better than some guys you ranked behind him. Uh, So we had Ja at 25, right, Ro? That sounds right. And a couple spots in front of those other names that he's mentioned. Yeah, I think Jalen was twenty-seven, Brown. right? And Middleton twenty-six, maybe. Mm. I think that's accurate. Uh, you know, before we get into this, we should say that, like, if you are one within one or two spots of someone, it does not <laughs> necessarily mean that you are definitively better or worse than that person. Think of it more so in, um, you know, tiers, for lack of a better. Um, phrase with mm-hmm. just how we you, people should honestly look at this stuff, but You're right. Um, what did, what did you think? Do you think we got Ja Morant accurately pegged at number twenty five, or is does uh, does our friend Liam have a case here? Dude, every time I look back at the list, I'm like, that guy was over that guy. I'm like, we we Luke over <laughs> Harden. What? I was like, we Luke over Harden. Who made that decision? Uh, Here's what I'll say about Morant, though. You know what he's done that neither Jalen nor Chris have had an opportunity to do at this point in their careers is be the best player on a playoff team. And I think for Morant, even as weird as last season was, to lead the Grizzlies, who I think we like their roster, but who he's by far their best player. I mean, Jaron Jackson Jr. was hurt for much of the down the stretch. They don't have, like we like Dylan Brooks. So they don't have any other great players. They don't have anyone else who we think is going to be an all star. And the fact that he was able to get them into the playoffs, I don't want to denigrate what his teammates did because it's a well balanced roster, well coached team. We like them a lot. We like their what they've built there a lot. But 
I mean, what he did was remarkable. And I think that the fact that he could be the, the best player and kind of the lead guy on a team like that, win a road game in Utah is kind of the, the catalyst for that. Mm-hmm. In the playoffs, I think we don't want to overvalue that one game, certainly, but I think it shows something that those other guys haven't showed yet at this point in their careers. And obviously they haven't had, they haven't been in the context for the chance to prove that, but the fact that we know that Ja can do that's pretty cool. I think for me, like, look, Ja Moran has some flaws in his game, the jump shot, um, the three point shot. Those are, Oh, they're not concerns cause he's so young, but it would be nice if he could shoot a little bit better. Mm-hmm. But for me, like, he like the third year leap. I'm a big believer in the third year mm. leap. So when I was thinking about this list, I was like, okay, Ja got hurt last year. I think he had like 40 something in, in the season opener or the second game. Got hurt, like sprained his ankle really bad. I believe was the injury, and then you know just kind of kind of worked his way through the regular season from there on a team that doesn't have a lot of three point shooting. Um, um, you know, they play a very specific defensive style. They had a lot of success with it. Um, but for me, like, ja, ja, I just think Ja is going to take a, a humongous leap forward this season. He's already proven to just be able to live at the basket. He's so athletic. He's so fast. Um, the way he can just draw to basically any time he wants going downhill and then finding an open man. Usually that open man is like also in the paint and can just lay it up. Like he's just he's he's a wonderful wonderful mm-hmm. offensive offensive player. And the Memphis Grizzlies' offense was atrocious last year when he was not on the floor. They were pretty good when he was on the floor. And I'm just I'm banking on like a breakout All Star season for John Morant this year. That's why I was so high on. No, him I think that's a good point. And, and again, part of the list is projecting forward. I think we all think that he doesn't seem like the kind of person who's going to have like a broken jump shot his entire career. I don't think he's ever going to become a knockdown guy, but I think there's definitely room, like actual potential for him to grow there. I also love that he's trying to dunk on every center. Like he was trying to actively dunk on Rudy Gobert during that series. And that's awesome. That's good for a bump up of two spots on my list. And guess what? If you don't like that, make your own list. Okay. But I love, I love, can I just say, I I love, I love your commitment to telling people to make their own list. That is just is so funny. Like now when I think about it, like I look at our list and I'm like, okay, maybe I didn't want Luke over Harden or I didn't want a couple of things, but here's what I'll say. I know that collectively, I think it would be difficult to find a collective of people who've watched more combined basketball than me, you, Wu and Herring. And I, I can like be comfortable in that fact that like, even if the list isn't perfect, even if I, someone who had a role in making it, disagree with parts of it, like, it's it was just it's well researched, it's well intentioned. We we actually did do our own research. You know what I mean? Um, I I know <laughs> that, it full circle. I appreciate I, that. I one. know that I know that like the four of us to watch Jonathan Isaac play way more basketball than all the people complaining about him being on the list. Um, so yeah, just, you know, I want to see the people who put like Russell Westbrook 12 and then like when he gets traded again, like a year from now, they're like, what, how could the Lakers trade the 12th <laughs> player in the NBA? Um, so, you know, that's, uh, that's how I feel about it. Well, Ro, I think that does it for today's show. Um, did you have anything else you wanted to say to all the haters? Uh, did you have anything else you wanted to say about, uh, um, Ja or Zion or anything else we discussed on today's episode? Just that I think you should actually start with Love Island season five because that was my favorite season. And so I think you should jump in with that one. I think you'll really like what you see. You said I'm doing you a favor. This is yet another thing for you and your wife uh, to bond over. So I don't I don't know why you act like this isn't a two way street. I appreciate that. And uh, I look forward to the Will Smith uh, podcast where <laughs> we break down. You're just some absolutely ridi- he's made. Just a just <laughs> a ridiculous comment about Hitch that was made earlier in this. Uh, Wait, in this you don't like you don't like Hitch? All right, we got We got to bounce. Um, but <laughs> <laughs> emailers, just let us know what your thoughts are on Hitch. I guess this is going to be another blood war with me and Rowan. Yeah. 
Um, appreciate everyone listening in. Um, everybody remember to uh, email us again at openfloormail at gmail.com. That's openfloormail at gmail.com. And did also you hear, search for us. Um, did you hear that the person <laughs> who sends in the best email might be at the top of the top 100 next year? I, you know, I have not heard that one <laughs> I yet, see. But That's a rumor going around the office. It seems yeah. true. It seems very yeah. legitimate. Um well, that's that's wonderful. Everyone, yeah. please also search for us um, and subscribe to us on YouTube. So just search Open Floor Podcast there. Um, everybody, uh, please stay safe. Everybody, please continue to enjoy the off season. From BBC Radio Four, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts, if you dare. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists, like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card. Right this way. It's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I'm so excited to tell you JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. What I love about Walker Hayes is his laid-back nature. He's a family man and being a country megastar while also having seven kids. You know he likes to keep his style cool and casual. This new collection is perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear, affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count.